Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This story happened in my senior year of college, and I happened to live off campus. I had two roommates in my apartment, townhouse, thing, named Natalie and Katie. Anyway, Katie was out that night doing homework in one of the school buildings, and I was awoken at 3 a.m. when I heard some knocking at the door downstairs. I thought that was weird, considering the hour, but I figured somebody had the wrong place and would realize, and then would leave. The knocking didn't stop, though, and I lied in bed for a good several minutes thinking, yeah, they'll go away now. They'll go away. They'll get bored. As one might expect, though, I started to grow confused and then kind of freaked out by this person's presence. The knocking turned into banging, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Honestly, I probably should have just called the police right then, but it was the middle of the night, and I was a little confused, so I headed to the top of the stairs to see Natalie standing near the door, staring at it. Her room was on the bottom floor, so she had just walked up to it. We exchanged a baffled look because, the heck, it's 3 a.m. This is weird. Natalie called out and asked them who they were and what they wanted. We're friends of Katie's, said the voice on the other end, who sounded male and about our age. We know her boyfriend, and we heard she was feeling down, so we came to surprise her. That was already a weird story, because, again, three in the morning. But thankfully, Katie wasn't even home, so we both informed them of this. Katie's not here. She's off doing something else. Good. They're going to leave, right? They came here to just see Katie, and she's not here. They'll leave us alone, and we can go back to sleep. Just open the door, the voice said. I know, I know. If I hadn't called the police before, I definitely should have done it now. It was weird, though. That night, I realized why people do stupid stuff in horror films. Not only had I been woken up out of nowhere, but it all just felt so surreal to be in a situation like this, I mean. Like, there's no way you could actually be in danger. That only happens in the horror movies, and I'm just some random, ordinary, boring person going about my business. I don't need to call the police. I'm sure this will get cleared up and everything will be fine. So yeah, Natalie and I did the stupid thing and tried to argue with them. We told them again that Katie wasn't here. There was no need for them to stay. Eventually, Natalie asked what their names were. Throughout the encounter, we made out two distinct voices, but only one gave us a name, and I texted Katie without telling her asking if she was friends with somebody with that name. After a couple minutes, during which we were still arguing with these strangers, Katie replied, I am, but I don't think she knows where I live. So that wasn't good, but even worse, she? The person on the other side of that door had a male voice, so this was a real name, but not the real person. Whoever this was knew stuff about Katie, like who she hung out with, who her boyfriend was, I told Katie to stay where she was and not to come back until we told her everything was okay. Finally, we told the guys that if they don't leave, we're going to call the police. No, 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 no. Don't call the police, okay? If we wanted to do something bad, we would have already done it, right? 
Yeah, that last bit wasn't really helping their case very much. Just open the door, okay? The attempts at reasoning with them basically devolved into them telling us, just open the door, just open the door, over and over again, until we finally actually did call the police. We hid in Natalie's room and dialed 911 and explained what was going on. Thankfully, there was a police station close by, so it wouldn't take them long to get here. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of heading back into the living room and yelling through the door that we had called the cops. But contrary to what you might think, that actually didn't seem to scare them at all now. They seemed only mildly upset and kept arguing. To this day, I can only assume they just didn't believe us or something to that effect. Then we heard one of our neighbor's doors open and a very pissed off man make the same threat that we did, that he was going to call the police if they didn't stop banging on this door. For whatever reason, that was what caused them to freak out, and then they drove off. The police arrived later, and we told them the whole story. Natalie revealed that a couple of times she had just barely peeked through the blinds of the window close to the front door, and noted that there were two guys, but only one of them was ever at the door at any given time. They would switch with one at the door and the other sitting in the driver's seat of a parked car out front, presumably for getaway purposes. So yeah that's reassuring. They also hadn't looked drunk, according to Natalie, and they definitely hadn't sounded like they were drunk either. There wasn't much the police could do besides sweep the area a bit, but they told us that if the stranger showed back up, to immediately call instead of engaging with them at all. One of the officers did give us some self-defense tactics and told us what kind of household items would be best for self-defense. After making sure everything was okay and reassuring us, they left. We eventually called Katie and told her that the weirdos were gone and that the coast was clear. She arrived and was understandably a bit shaken herself. We sat down and asked her who might have known where she lived. She did know people that had come to the apartment, so some people, certainly, but Natalie hadn't recognized the guys outside as any previous visitors. And even worse, it turned out that not only did they know Katie's friend's name, but they claimed to know her boyfriend, even though he didn't live in the state or even go to the same school as us. She swore up and down that she didn't know anyone who would want to hurt her, and by this point it was about 5am, so I didn't even bother going back to sleep since I was going to a workshop that morning. I told several of my classmates and friends the story, and it freaked them out just as much as it did me. And the entire day, Natalie and I jumped at every unexpected noise, shadow, and random movement that we caught. That night, it was hard to sleep. I expected to hear knocking at the door any second. Thankfully, they didn't come back. Ever. But that almost makes things more unsettling, in a way. I'll never ever know what they wanted that night. Did they think we were hiding Katie? Was she seeing less than savory people in secret? Did they want to hurt her? All those things bouncing around my head at one time. I try not to let it bother me, but I just wish I knew if my life was in danger that night. I have a feeling it might have been. After all, they weren't wearing face coverings, so if they wanted to commit a violent crime, they might want to get rid of the witnesses. Despite how much I wish I knew, I'm plenty glad that I'll never have to find out. This story happened to me about 10 years ago, and at the time I was a 14-year-old male, and I'm enrolled in high school. My mom worked at a nearby apartment complex as a manager, so she'd pick me up from school at about 2.40 bring me home instead of having to ride the bus for hours. It's a completely typical day for me. She picks me up from school, brings me home, but not more than 10 minutes after I'm back, 
a black car pulls up in the driveway, and I hear a hard knock on the door. I look through the glass on the front door, and I can clearly see a man wearing a hoodie in the summer, laying on the ground in front of my door. I guess he assumed he was completely obscured because my mom had a wreath on the door, and the space between the window and the bottom of the door was wide enough that someone... Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. could probably assume that I couldn't see them. Well, I saw them. I ran and grabbed the house phone and called the police from the kitchen where I could see the car. I had a machete. I was a teenager that thought swords and stuff were cool, so don't judge me. And waited around the corner of the door while still on the phone with the police. At this point, the man knocks again. So I took matters into my own hands. I yell as loud as I can, Leave now or I'll f***ing kill you. I had a pretty deep voice for my age thanks to puberty hitting me like a ton of bricks. So I guess he thought I was a full-grown man because this dude got up and hauled ass like an Olympic sprinter or something. After about five minutes, the police get to my house. But we didn't have any cameras or anything there, so there's nothing to go off of in order to pursue this person. The cops pretty much just tell me that I handled the situation well, and they explain the laws of self-defense to me as well. I've looked back on this over the years, and I think this man most certainly wanted to rob us. What's most creepy about this to me is that he most likely scoped us out, saw that we were just a teenage boy and a single mother, went through the trouble of learning our routines, and waited for what he thought was the ideal moment to rob us. We bought a handgun because of this, so I never really lost any sleep because I knew if he came back that I had a surprise for him too. To preface this story, I was about 15, maybe 16 years old at the time. It was my best friend's birthday and she had invited about six of us over to play a few games. Think Mario Party or Mario Kart, Guitar Hero, stuff like that. And then stay the night in celebration of her big 16. So at this get together, there were five girls, including me, and one boy. After a while of hanging out, my best friend asked us if we would like to go to the playground, which was about a 10 minute walk from her house. Of course, being stupid teens, we agreed, not thinking of how it might be dangerous since the majority of us were young girls, and it was already about 10 o'clock at night. Anyway, we walked down to this park and started playing Grounders when we arrived. If you don't know, Grounders is a game commonly played in elementary schools. The rules are, one person is it, the person who is it must close their eyes and try to seek the other players as they hide on the playground equipment in order to tag them. But there's a catch. If someone gets off the equipment and the person who's it calls grounders while they're on the ground, then they become it. Yeah, I know, pretty childish game, but it's fun. After a few rounds, we got bored and decided to huddle around in a circle in the center of the playground equipment. We were just talking, joking around, and suddenly I heard what I thought to be something like rocks, maybe hitting the chain link fence that resided on the back of the playground. I didn't know. I hushed the group. I looked over at my best friend asking if she heard that, as everyone looked at me like I had 10 heads. She asked what I meant, and when I told her it sounded like someone was throwing rocks at the fence behind us, she responded with the classical, 
Ooh, it's a murderer coming to get us. Naturally, I glared at her. She knows I get paranoid sometimes, but I have a very good intuition and something just felt off. A few minutes later, after some more rocks were thrown at the fence, and I obsessively stared down the area behind the fence in paranoia, I noticed a light weaving its way through the branches of the trees. At first, I thought maybe it was just a headlight of a car that was coming down the street that connected to the street of the park, since you can vaguely see the headlights of oncoming traffic through them. But I soon realized there was only one light, and it was bouncing up and down like it was being held by someone who was walking. I quickly pointed it out to the group around me as we all snapped our heads over in that direction. Coming up along the side of the nearby house on the left side of the park was a man who wore a hat, some white baggy and dirty sweatpants, and a black coat. He was holding a flashlight, not the one on your phone, but an actual flashlight. He was too far away to guess his age, even when we sat on the swings closer to the playground equipment we were on, but we all collectively agreed it was strange since he seemed, at least to be in his 20s, and he just came out of the woods by himself to sit and stare at a load of kids. After a brief discussion, we agreed that maybe he was just waiting for a ride or was resting for a moment, so we tried to brush off the fact that he was sitting and so intensely staring at us. However, we started to take note that after a few minutes of us resuming our very competitive game of grounders, that the stranger was slowly inching his way closer to our group. He went from the swing furthest away from us, to the next, to the next closest, and finally he ended up about 10 feet away from our game. The whole time he just sat there, watching. At this point, all of us have noticed that the strange man is attempting to get closer to us, and in an attempt to remove ourselves from a potentially dangerous situation, we made a group decision to leave. Getting up, we all piled off the playground equipment, and in pairs of two, we walked down the stairs on the side furthest away from the creepy man. As we attempted to walk away casually, I kept my eyes glued to his figure as we neared the end of the street. He got up. Slowly at first, the man started to trail behind us, keeping his distance. I decided to keep my mouth shut at the time because we were about to make a turn. I thought that if he continues to follow us instead of going the other way, that's when I'd bring it up to the others. And wouldn't you know it, the creep stays hot on our heels, not only following which turn we took, but he also started sprinting toward us, screaming, You motherfucker, I'll kill you. At this point, the whole group bursts out into a sprint. The adrenaline I felt made me run so fast I was ahead of everyone else. Everyone was ushering each other to run. I didn't even take a second to see if the others were behind me. That was until I heard my best friend struggling to run. She has pretty bad asthma, and it was flaring up right now when we needed to run the most. I instantly felt horrible for running off on her, so I ran back by her side, grabbing her hand and quite literally dragging her along repeating things like, deep breaths, you got this, come on, we have to go now. The whole time this man was still running and screaming behind us and was catching up quickly. Luckily, this park was only about a 10 minute walk from my friend's house, and as we all dove in through her garage door, I turned to see this delusional man start running up her driveway. He got about halfway up until our big fluffy savior announced himself. My friend's 100 pound, fully grown German Shepherd lurched at the man, barking as we gripped her collar in an attempt to keep her from running completely after the man. Luckily, her sudden and loud appearance 
caused the man to freeze in fear before turning and running away down the dark, lamp-lit street. We were absolutely terrified for the rest of the night and only managed to sleep after putting random items next to us. We even had a rake. But most comforting, our big fluffy hero, just in case the creep decided to come back. I sincerely hope to never run into this man again, as the first time was plenty terrifying for the rest of my life. And please believe, I'll keep all games of grounders to daytime hours from now on.